Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Alexa. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Let's go ahead and get this show started. Welcome, everybody, out there in West Georgia. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, and I am your host, Richard Holdridge, on a hot sports take Wednesday. Usually these Wednesday shows, I'm going to get into some of the detailed sporting events. It's a slow sports day yesterday, but we have a great show. I'm going to talk about how Ben Simmons does not want to be in Philly anymore, and he is not reporting to NBA training camp. Going to talk about the Atlanta Braves getting an impressive victory over the Diamondbacks 6-1, to and they maintain their three-game lead in the NL East. And is it time for the 49ers to trade Jimmy Garoppolo since his stock is so high. Might even get a first-round pick for him. All right, let's get into the show because I do have a lot to talk about. I have a bone to pick with everything that's going on in the world of sports, and we do have high school football games, college football games, the NFL, and there's other sports going on as well. You got Major League Soccer, you got baseball, hockey's getting ready to start preseason, and, of course, NBA training camp. Now, the big story coming out of the NBA is that Ben Simmons is not reporting to training camp. I don't know what happened to this talented point guard where he cannot get along with Joel Embiid. He can't make it work. He had an abysmal performance in the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Atlanta Hawks, and now he wants out. There were some trade rumors about him going to Portland for Damian Lillard. Now, those rumors got squashed. And then there was trade rumors about him going to the Golden State Warriors, but the Warriors don't want to give up any of their assets. The Warriors have pieces that they can give to Philly. Just to be clear here, Ben Simmons does not have any leverage. He is going to end up going to a team he does not want to go to, somebody that's not a contender. And he has four years left on his max contract, including $33 million for the upcoming season. Does he realize the financial implications if he sits out this season? The Sixers are willing to test the market to see if Ben Simmons can go to another team. I actually don't think the Sixers are the strongest team in the Eastern Conference. I think the Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champs, the Miami Heat got better. And of course, the Atlanta Hawks are going to be one of the top teams in the East as well. NBA preseason starts on October 3rd. You don't want to miss it. And I will get into detail about the upcoming NBA season. Many of you know I love the NBA. I'll talk the NBA all the time, but my audience is all about football. When I started this podcast in January of 2020, my target audience was going to be for the Columbus, Georgia market, that we were going to focus on all the local teams in Columbus to include the Columbus Lions, the River Dragons, now the Chattahoots, and then high school football, and now soon the Columbus Rapids which is the indoor soccer team that has men and women's teams, and they will kick off the season in December. 
But I also want to give a shout out to the local college teams in West Georgia to include LaGrange College that will play UNC Wesleyan at Callaway Stadium this weekend. And West Georgia will take on Shorter. Also just received word that the Fountain City Classic is a go for the 2021 season. Last year, this classic game between Fort Valley State and Albany State was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now on November 6th, this game is on at A.J. McClung Stadium. There were two big college football games in Columbus. They had the Fountain City Classic, which is still being played in Columbus, and then Moorhead State and Tuskegee University, which got moved to Birmingham. If you're a college football fan in Columbus, this was as good as it gets, and I'm just glad that they still have the Fountain City Classic. All right, let's get into the Atlanta Braves. Last night, beating the Arizona Diamondbacks 6-1, to and they are up three games on the Philadelphia Phillies after the Phillies beat the Orioles in 10 innings, 3-2. to The Braves did it with timely pitching. Drew Smiley wins his 10th game of the season. Home runs from Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, and Jorge Soler catapulted the Bravos to the victory. They're now 79 and 70 on the year and they are in a very good position to win the NL East and possibly play the Milwaukee Brewers in the first round of the playoffs. The good thing is that they would avoid that play-in game. We have a battle in the NL West between the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Giants currently hold the best record in Major League Baseball, and they lead the Dodgers by one game thanks to a win over the San Diego Padres 6-5. And the Dodgers was able to pick up the 5-4 victory over the Colorado Rockies in 10 innings. Julio Urias didn't have his best stuff, but the Dodgers' bats picked up the slack thanks to a single by Albert Pujols in the 10th inning. Crazy that Albert Pujols is not their everyday starting first baseman. He's just a pinch hitter and he's able to get timely hits and that is going to be a big deal in the postseason as the Los Angeles Dodgers try to win back-to-back World Series titles. That would be the first National League team to win back-to-back World Series titles since the Big Red Machine in 1975 and 1976 so the Dodgers are trying to play with history all right it is hot sports take Wednesday and I had some controversy when I was talking about this on my Facebook page that the 49ers need to trade Jimmy Garoppolo sooner rather than later right now he's off to a great start the Niners are 2-0 on the season And he did show some flaws in the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. He could not move the ball in the first three drives, but he was able to use his weapons and get out of the pocket. Right now, the 49ers have the best offensive line in football. They just don't have any running backs. With all the running backs that are injured, Raheem Mostert out for the season. Jamichael Hastie is going to be out for a couple of weeks. They've picked up some players off the practice squad, like former Detroit Lions running back Carryon Johnson. But I think Trey Lance is ready to be the quarterback for the Niners. If they trade Jimmy Garoppolo now, I believe they'll get at least a first-round pick or a second-round pick. There are some teams that could use a formidable quarterback, including the Atlanta Falcons. I've said, why not trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Atlanta Falcons? Because I strongly believe that Matt Ryan does not have anything left. Call it what you want. It's a hot sports take. I know. Let's see how Jimmy Garoppolo fares against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. But if you're looking at stellar rookies this season, 
right now Mac Jones is one of the best. Bill Belichick utilizes him to the best of his abilities. He doesn't ask him to do much, and he's having a pretty successful season. One thing about coaching and quarterback play, coaching does matter. Look at what Sam Darnold is doing in Carolina as the Panthers are 2-0. He could not do that in New York. So the New York Jets shipped him away to Carolina and drafted Zach Wilson, who is in trouble. He's got a top offensive lineman out. He threw four picks against the New England Patriots, and he does not have any weapons around him. Why not keep Sam Darnold and draft a wide receiver like Jamar Chase? Or the Jets could have got Kyle Pitts. The Jets could have built around Sam Darnold because Darnold is a good quarterback, and look at what he's doing in Carolina. I know it's early in the season, but are you buying some of these 2-0 teams in the NFL? And are there any 0-2 teams that are still good teams? I got two in mind. The 0-2 Minnesota Vikings, they're still good. Justin Jefferson, a talented wide receiver. Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins can move the ball down the field. Their defense has to improve, but Dalvin Cook is still one of the best running backs in the league. And they got to get a new kicker. They lost that game to Arizona because of their kicking game. You have the 0-2 Indianapolis Colts. Don't be fooled. I know Carson Wentz is injured, but this is a very talented team. They got a great defense with DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard, and they're starting the season 0-2 because they lost to Seattle and the Rams. You can't control that, and I think that they are still one of the best teams in the AFC South, but they do have a tough test against the Tennessee Titans this Sunday. The 2-0 teams that I'm not sure I gotta see more of, of course, the Carolina Panthers. With Sam Darnold, they're 2-0 right now and the schedule is going to get tougher for them. I'm not completely sold on the Carolina Panthers and I really don't know what to think about the Las Vegas Raiders. They are also 2-0 but they are an anomaly. They could actually not show up against the Miami Dolphins next week. We don't know what we're going to get out of the Las Vegas Raiders or if they're even legit and the 2-0 Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater is a formidable quarterback. He's doing what he's supposed to do. The Broncos have a talented defense. However, they're going to be without their elite pass rusher, Bradley Chubb. So are the Broncos a legit 2-0 team? And of course, the San Francisco 49ers, who have flaws. They're 2-0, but they are very thin at corner. However, I do feel that Deomre Lenore is a steal from the fifth round. So far, he has done what he's supposed to do at the cornerback position. I'm excited about NFL Week 3. You got a Thursday night game between the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. Not sure if Tyrod Taylor is going to play. Deshaun Watson is definitely not going to play. But Davis Mills will more than likely get the start for Houston. And Carolina is an eight-point favorite as they try to push their record to 3-0. and The big game I'm looking forward to seeing is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Both teams are 2-0 on the season. This could be a preview of the NFC Championship game. Clearly, Matthew Stafford elevates the offense for the Rams. The Buccaneers doing their thing. Tom Brady is not slowing down. They're running it back with all 22 starters. However, their defense is not dominant like it was last year. Teams are moving the ball on Tampa Bay. That's something to watch out for. 
Your Atlanta Falcons are 0-2. They'll take on the 0-2 Giants. One thing about this game, the Giants do have some holes. They don't have a very good offensive line, but it might balance out. If Daniel Jones is comfortable in the pocket, if the Giants don't see a pass rush from Atlanta, Daniel Jones is going to look like a Pro Bowl quarterback, and Saquon Barkley could have a breakout game and run for 150 yards. This is a very dangerous game, and the Falcons playing the Giants on the road could go to 0-3 after this game. What I want to see out of Atlanta is some firepower, some not quitting, because if they quit in this game, Arthur Smith is in trouble as a head coach. Looking forward to the Sunday night game between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are favored by three and a half points. Boy, when these two teams play, it's feast or famine. I grew up watching these two teams go at it in the early 90s with Brett Favre. And that dominant run in the postseason where the Packers beat the 49ers in 95, 96, 97, and finally in 1998, the catch part two. Yes, Jerry Rice fumbled, but T.O. with the catch and the 49ers advanced in the playoffs to lose to the Falcons the next week. Garrison Hurst got injured in that game, but that's neither here or there. But the 49ers lost 20-18. to And no, I did not have to look that up. I remember exactly the score because the Falcons went on to the Super Bowl that year, but I felt as a 49ers fan, we finally got over the hump and beat the Packers. This is our year to get to the Super Bowl. Probably not. You also had a very talented Minnesota Vikings team that the 49ers could have ran into in the NFC Championship as well. And they were probably one of the best teams in the NFL not to win a Super Bowl. So Green Bay beat the 49ers again in the playoffs in 2001. And then the tide turned in the Aaron Rodgers era where the 49ers beat the Packers twice in the playoffs. Once in 2012, where Colin Kaepernick set an NFL record for rushing yards by a quarterback. And that game was going back and forth. The 49ers were able to win that game and get to the NFC Championship, where they eventually beat the Falcons down 17-0 and went on to play the Ravens in that lights-out Super Bowl. The following year, Green Bay won the division. They were 8-7. Aaron Rodgers was hurt for some games, and the Packers were able to host a playoff game because the division was so bad. And the 49ers were able to win that game as well. Now, last year when the 49ers played the Packers at home, the 49ers did not have Brandon Ayuk. He was on COVID protocol. Debo Samuel was hurt, and their quarterback was Nick Mullins. And Richie James went off on the Packers secondary. How are the 49ers receivers going to fare against that Packers secondary? And let me tell you something about Debo Samuel right now, who's leading the NFL in receiving yards. The last 49ers receiver to have 1,000 yards receiving in the season was Anquan Bolden in 2014. The last Pro Bowl 49ers wide receiver was Terrell Owens in 2002. It has been almost 20 years since the 49ers have had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. I strongly feel that Debo Samuel will make the Pro Bowl and will have more than 1,000 yards receiving this year. Debo Samuel is starting to become their number one target. And I know a lot of fantasy owners want George Kittle to get more receptions. I get that. But George Kittle, he's going to do whatever it takes to win. So if he has to block, he will block. You do see the mismatches that the 49ers have, especially since George Kittle is also a weapon as well. But I would like to see Brandon Ayuk get more involved in the offense. I also feel that Devontae Adams could go off in this game, especially if he's lined up against Josh Norman. If I think the big test is DeAndre Lenore going up against 
Devontae Adams. If Lenore can actually get the best of Adams, which is the best receiver in the game, so he's going to get his catches. If he could hold serve and not get burned like he did in that 91-yard reception that the Eagles threw last week, then I think the 49ers are going to win this game. The only way I can see the Packers winning this game is if Aaron Rodgers plays lights out. Five touchdown passes, 300 yards, a passer rating of 150. Aaron Rodgers has to be incredible. Completely getting out of the pocket. He's not. He doesn't have a very good offensive line, and the 49ers' D-line is going to show up. You have ballers. Nick Bosa had two sacks last week. You have D. Ford. The 49ers don't have to worry about the pocket passer. The 49ers don't have to worry about the rusher like Jalen Hurst that gets out of the pocket all the time. Yes, Aaron Rodgers can run, but he wants to be a pocket passer. And usually the 49ers defensive line wins that battle. I cannot wait for this game. I can't wait for some of the college football matchups too. You got Notre Dame and Wisconsin. That is going to be an incredible game. I'm really looking forward to Texas A&M and Arkansas. That is the CBS game. All right, which teams in college have a shot to make the college football playoff? Rather, other than the traditional teams that make the college football playoff every year, I'm talking about Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Is this Oregon's year? Can Oregon, a Pac-12 team, finally make it into the college football playoff? They have validated their win over Ohio State, and all they have to do is win out, and hopefully they're able to do that, and we can see history made in the college football playoff scenario. Can Cincinnati make it into the college football playoff? Their big game against Notre Dame is one of those games on their schedule that they have got circled They've got to play the game of their life. They have to win that game, and it's in South Bend, and that's going to be next week. If Cincinnati can win that game, they could validate their season and possibly sneak into the college football playoff. I'm looking at their schedule right now. SMU might be tough, but that's being that's being played at home. Navy is always tricky because they run that option. That could be a game where they could be in trouble. And then they will probably be on a collision course to either take on Central Florida or Memphis in the American Championship game. They don't have to play Memphis in the regular season. Oklahoma's got a tough schedule too. If they win out, they're into the college football playoff. But, you know, they play Kansas State on the road. Texas is always a tough matchup. Iowa State, they're ranked 14th. And, of course, the Bedlam game, last game of the season against Oklahoma State. But Spencer Rattler is clearly the best college football quarterback in the league. And he is more likely going to be the top quarterback picked in the NFL draft next year. Ohio State's going to have some work. If they can beat Penn State, if they can beat Iowa in the Big 12 championship, they could possibly sneak back into the college football playoffs. But it's over for Clemson. It really is over for Clemson, especially with their... 14-8 victory over Georgia Tech, and they dropped in the rankings. They don't have enough impressive wins, and even if Georgia wins out and that is their only loss, I still think they're in trouble. So my college football playoff is going to be Alabama, Oregon, Oklahoma, and Georgia. So yes, the loser of the SEC championship game will still get into the college football playoff because I believe Alabama and Georgia will be undefeated going into that SEC championship game, number one versus number two. I think Alabama wins and Georgia falls into the rankings to number four. If Cincinnati is still undefeated, the committee might say, well, we don't want two SEC teams in the college football playoff. They might give Cincinnati the nod 
And then you have a game between Alabama and Cincinnati where Alabama might just blow them out and they will play the winner of Oregon and Oklahoma. I think the national championship will be Alabama versus Oregon. These two programs have never played each other. So I would love to see this matchup. And of course, Georgia plays Oregon next year in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. That is going to be fun as well. Hey, everybody, guess what? We're out of time. That's all the time I have on the show. Thank you, everybody that has downloaded my podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. I will talk to you tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.